0: You are saying we have to respect the law of the land and uh, I don't like this terminology. Uh personally no, As I, I was very... to
1: abide by the, the,
0: the Yeah, okay. So then we have to be careful here, right? As in, the as in, law as in, of the al-
1: land, al-tizam, al-tizam, is something which is okay. okay. So
0: let's make sure that is clear to our mm-hmm. viewers as well, okay? Yes, because I don't have to respect the law. I do have to abide by it. Yes, exactly. And I have the right okay. as well. To challenge within the mechanisms if to I'm work, able
2: to. to work to change it
0: I have the right to work to change it and I, I, again I speak in the American context I have the right to criticize mm. the law assalamu
2: alaikum and welcome to today's special uh, unscripted podcast with me your host uh, Salman but it's been a very difficult few weeks for our brothers and sisters in France um with Macron's infamous speech claiming uh, Islam is in crisis, following uh, some draconian measures uh, against many Muslim organisations branded separatists. Uh, then we saw the the tragic murder of the school teacher last Friday, uh, which has been used by the French state to launch countless other raids on Muslim organisations to so-called send a message uh we have with us uh very glad to have with us uh professor Tariq Ramadan streaming all the way from uh France assalamualaikum professor
1: alaikum <laughs> wa rahmatullahi wa
2: and we have uh Sheikh Yasir Qadi as well streaming all the way from Dallas is that correct Sheikh As-salamu dallas alaykum. texas alaikum wa rahmatullahi so i'll start off with uh professor Tariq Ramadan you've been quite active on uh on your social media feeds uh commenting on recent events Uh, However, it's mostly been in French, unfortunately for us, English speaking uh, audience. So I wanted to ask you exactly what is going on and what do you make of it?
1: I I think that uh, if you look at what is happening now, it's not new, by the way, it's a very long process. It happened, you know, it started a long time ago and and, uh, Yes, Al-Qadi is quite right when he's writing that to understand what is happening now, you have to go all the way to the colonization time, uh, where you can get a sense of the way uh, not only uh, Muslims were perceived and Islam was perceived, but but even the citizenship and and the fact that they were the subject of uh, uh, the the French society. So it's a very long process. Over the last... uh, a few years uh, now, we have, and it started with the cartoons, with Charlie Hebdo, and 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 mm-hmm. all this, the murders, and uh, where every time what is happening is the far right party is taking advantage. In fact, they may lose the elections, but they are winning uh, as to the discourse. Now you have normalization of the far-right discourse about Islam and Muslims in the name of laicity and the secular system. Uh, And then they are instrumentalizing this uh, attacks and everything. The only uh, reservation I would have with uh, Yasser Qadi's text is that he is saying that disenfranchised Muslims can support what happened, for example, with the murder of the professor, and this never happened. In fact, you don't have anyone now supporting this. In fact, it's uh, it's it's uh, uh, unanimity that you get a consensus to condemn this. So it's one guy, 18, 18 years old, who is doing this on his own, and they are calling him now a, 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 a quickly radicalized guy, because mm-hmm. it happened uh, overnight so he's completely isolated and they are saying this is why he's so dangerous because you that you can't uh uh, you can't know from where he's coming what is happening so i think that we have to be quite clear that the muslim community is quite clear on this we are condemning and this is this should be clear and you don't have even now anyone saying you know that's right and we are supporting him so coming from the muslim community the position is clear the leadership uh, now it's not always clear, but what you said as an introduction to our discussion is is important is that they were The government is using this to send message mm. to the Muslim organizations. Now you have to be careful. Now you are under our radar and we are now supervising and monitoring all what you are doing even the organizations that are you know like CARE in the united states you know supporting and defending the muslim rights now these people are perceived as you know not radicalized but the means for radicalization and even you know organizations that are uh you know for charity this mm. is what and that my, this is my point you know for many years i was saying what was happening in the states was not going to happen in europe and it's the opposite now that what we are seeing now in europe it's this you know on all the charities and and just putting the muslims in a situation where it's very difficult to speak out this is what we are seeing now
2: what do you make of the recent events
0: uh, well, um, I think uh, Dr. Tariq is referring to a post that I made on Facebook, um, and uh, in that post I basically said that it is uh, it is impossible to understand uh, this particular incident without looking at the broader uh, socioeconomic and even historical background. Generally speaking, colonialist powers have very selective short-term memory. Generally speaking, superpowers pick and choose what facts mm. to portray. And, most of their own populations are blissfully, naively ignorant about the realities of what they themselves have done. And again, whenever you start speaking like this, you automatically have to face accusations of justification. You have to, first and foremost, clear yourself of that and say, no, nobody is supporting uh, this particular vigilante Hmm. act. At the same time, we need to contextualize that this act is not coming because somebody read a fatwa of a thousand years ago. This act is not coming from a cleric who studies a book of classical fiqh and then uh, studies the chapter of hukm al-murtad and hukm of blasphemy and sallallahu alaihi wasallam and then Some comes and does it. No, this act is stemming from a deep-seated anger. Where does that anger come from? It is not justified to act upon it. Where does that anger come from? That is the question that needs to ask. And we've been there, done that. We've had the same conversations. I have been having the exact same conversations for the last 20 years since 9-11, trying to contextualize uh, the movements out there, al-Qaeda and ISIS and all of them, contextualize, not justify. Where do they come from? Why are these people so angry and bitter? What is the cause? And my position has always been the primary cause is not religion, it is political, it is socioeconomic. Yeah. The primary mm. cause why there is so much angst and animosity is not something that you have to be a Muslim or a Christian to understand. And in fact, I used to teach a class when I was a professor at Rhodes College called Jihad and Fundamentalism. And in that class, I would talk about you know, the the, the grievances that these movements have. Every student fully understood them because they transcend religion. These grievances are political in nature. The religion comes in because from the perspective of, uh, of these people, obviously religion and politics is melded together in their identity, but the cause is not religion. The cause is socioeconomic. And I think French society has to ask itself, how, what is it going to gain in the long run by ghettoizing an entire segment, up to 10% of its population is of North African heritage. Firstly, where did they come from? Why are they there? It's not their fault they are there, right? Who started the colonization? Who made Algeria an entire province of France for I don't know how 130 years? What happened in Algeria for that entire century? Let's talk about that as well. So the reason why there are so many millions of North African heritage uh, people in France is not their fault. It is France's responsibility, the least that can be done. Secondly, their lifestyles, their socioeconomic status, their education, the ghettoization, the mm. racism at every single factor of their lives. And this is something that Dr. Tariq and others can speak to better than I can. But it's something well-known. I have experienced, uh, I mean, I've heard plenty of French Muslims tell me this. And obviously, I've only been to France three four times. But you, you get a sense of it as well. In my experiences in Europe, I have not been to any land where uh, Islamophobia seemed to be more blatant to me, as a, anecdotally, than of mm. France. So these are the two main factors that we need to bring up. And then we have to say this as well before I hand it back to you. And that is that yes, we do have the responsibility to police our own. It is our responsibility to at least in a in a way, not necessarily police the, the meaning of the word police, but at least to, to be aware that there might be some people that going down this type of path. And just like any community should be aware that we don't want any more problems or issues to happen, it is a part of our responsibility to make sure that if somebody is preaching views that we think are un-Islamic, that we think are extreme, yes, we are we are obliged to refute them in an academic manner, make sure that that is, uh, you know, that that is uh, corrected. And uh, uh, again, it's not my position to speak about how French Muslims are perceiving this, Dr. Darik, that's yours mm-hmm. and others. But let me just say, when I gave my post that I just gave last week, I'm, I got takfirs immediately by a few dozen people, right? So you're saying nobody sympathizes. Online, there are quite a lot of people that are very sympathetic, simply to point out. And I didn't even say, by the way, what he did was wrong. I'm saying it now, what he did was wrong. But that wrong doesn't justify their reaction. I didn't even say it in the post. The fact that I didn't agree with that lone perpetrator was enough to get me a dozen takfirs. We do have a small group of people that are so angry, they have lost track of reality. They have lost track of how to channel that anger. Let us be very frank here. Do we not have some people that went over to ISIS before that sympathetic to Al-Qaeda? Did we not have some people that were preaching we should kill civilians everywhere? We had that, that, that. It's very small. We did have them. And it is our responsibility, I think, because they are Muslims. They're claiming to be Uh, representing the faith it is our responsibility to correct and speak out against them even though it is not our responsibility to act like obviously you know the government in that regard but i do think we have that role that we challenge that misunderstanding Mm. from within and we explain that these fiqh rulings have a context and a time and a place that, that needs to be discussed
2: i suppose one of the issues that we find ourselves in is that um you have to one has to balance the need to um, correct or refute incorrect ideas or harmful ideas, with the broader discourse of uh, of the war on terror and countering violent extremism, which will explicitly seek to uh, problematize the Muslim identity and use these types of uh, beliefs and so forth to push certain um, narratives and theories that somebody's uh, you know some uh, an otherwise normal healthy individual will become radicalized by reading these uh, texts and having incorrect radical Islamic opinions. Uh, you know, the conveyor belt theory that we call here or the underpinnings of of CV in general, um, because it, it requires us to really problematize and look at Muslim, uh, exceptionalized Muslim violence. You know, I, I mean, I was thinking just how many people, for example, are going to be a psychopaths? You know, they say one percent of all People generally are going to be psychopaths, or three to four percent are going to be sociopaths, so incapable of, you know, feeling empathy for others. And if you have five, six million Muslims in France, um, regardless of what their Islamic opinions are on anything, you know, you're you're looking at tens of thousands of Muslim psychopaths that you just expect. Just if we, you know, Muslims were to be proportionately representative, I can say that. Uh, but the problem is, you know, when when these types of attacks happen, they do get they do get spun more quickly through the the war and terror narrative, uh, and this narrative, this discourse, has seen you know um, this type of crackdown in France, but also you know uh, things like concentration camps in um, China as well. Um, on the on the topic of France, uh, Professor Ramadan, I wanted to ask, um, you've spoken about and and uh, Sheikh Asqalani has spoken about the. Uh, the colonial uh, legacy right and the history of of uh, uh of the french in the muslim world how do french people view muslims uh how would you characterize that relationship um we've seen uh marwan mohammed for example i, I read uh he, he the the uh former leader of a um ccif the the advocacy group he said that uh, french people uh, some french people have two colonial instincts one is to dominate, and the other is to civilize, and these two instincts are still quite prevalent in in the modern political discourse. The, the instinct to dominate is, you know, more far right, and the instinct to civilize uh, is is is, is left wing. So, how do French people view Muslims? No,
1: I think he's right, and I I think we have to be quite clear about the fact that the perception today it's very negative. Seventy six percent of the French. Uh, uh, people think that uh, Islam is a problem, and that even that the secular laicity system is uh, in danger to do with the Muslim presence. So mm-hmm. this means that they they think of the Muslim presence as a danger to the unity of the republic, which is the main uh, you know uh, reference and principle. And and this perception this negative perception means that we have to do something about it and we cannot just victimize ourselves and just say that's the, your fault. And this is why, uh, relying on what uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Yasser-Kadi just said right now, and I think that this is essential for us. I would put this in, in, in you know, four responsibilities and our duties when we are facing this situation. The first, as he said, and I think I have been repeating this for the last uh, 30 years, you cannot deny the fact that there are misunderstandings and bad interpretation and wrong interpretations of Islam. And this is not new. It happened from the beginning. It's the same in Muslim majority countries and now in the West. And then when these interpretations are, you know, promoted and pushing people to kill in the name of Islam, we have to be quite clear. And we have to speak from within, as Muslims saying that this is our responsibility to say that this is Islamic and this is not. This cannot be accepted and this violence and targeting innocent people. And I said this, not only in the West, by the way. Mm -hmm. I said, even when we are dealing with some issues, for example, in Palestine, in Muslim majority countries, we have to be clear as to our position. This has to be, you know, a bit meaning it should be rooted in our tradition and we have to be quite clear about it. This is our religious, intellectual, political and social responsibility. This Mm -hmm. is one. The second, is really to be quite clear about the fact that when the people are simplifying the whole political perspective we also have to be quite cautious with the fact that sometimes it's not even political because many of this young you know young guy there or that with what they are doing this has nothing to do with even a political understanding it's it's much more emotional and psychological than political mm-hmm. and we yeah. have to be quite clear that as Western citizens, When we are talking about political issues, this is not political Islam. This is citizenship, active citizenship, talking to our own government, saying, you can't do this. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is also essential, that as Muslims, we have to make clear that respecting the secular society or the Western societies uh, means that, as citizens, we have to be involved in the social political discourse of our society and make clear that this is not to politicize islam is just to be a citizen in our society and to have the right to ask the right questions
2: to let muslims have a seat at the table exactly
1: that that's essential because this is the very meaning of being a citizen and my problem with some muslim leaders is that they speak about this but they're behavior is not exactly understanding that, you know, the fabric, the way it works from within, it's that they are in and speak from outside. And that's, that's the problem. There is a third responsibility, which is essential. I'm sorry. As citizens and as Muslims, we have the right to ask all the questions that are necessary to know the truth. Because we know now that some of our brothers and sisters are instrumentalized, by political trends and sometimes not from within the community. Infiltrants are known in the United States as they are known now. So when, for example, someone is saying, you know, I was in touch with uh, uh, this guy or the intelligence service, at least we have to ask all the questions. What is happening? Tell us the truth. We have to ask for independent inquiries to know what Mm. happened. It's true with what happened in the 11th of September, but it's true also with what is happening now. It's not to have, you know, a conspiracy you know, theory. It's just to ask the question. We want to know in a transparent way what is happening. Because if you say that this is coming from us as Muslims, we have to do something about it. But if now these people, how come you are telling me that in one night someone became radicalized? How? By whom? What is happening? When he was dancing the day before, taking drugs, and you come to tell me this is Islam, he himself, his father is saying, not in this case, but it happened the last time, his father is saying he has nothing to do with religion. He's not a practicing Muslim. He knows nothing about Islam. So we have to ask the right, and we have to be courageous enough, not always to be on the defensive, to apologize, but as citizens, to
2: ask the right questions with all our citizens. You had what the professor just said. Do you agree with him? Disagree with him? Let us know in the comments below. And remember to like and share this podcast. Click subscribe, and also make a donation in the link below. And do you, the last- do, you su- do you suspect uh, foul play on the part of um, of the security services? Because it, it might so- sound conspiratorial, but if we look at the U.S. Uh, context, for example, the FBI has been um, roundly criticised for foiling plots largely of its own making. Sheikh Yasser, you've spoken about this in the past, where they, you know, entrap uh, young, um, impressionable uh, people uh, with the lure of either money let, or, let, or... Let me tell you something.
1: There is one police officer who is coming from Algeria. He's a French. Hmm. He's saying... We are infiltrating some groups and pushing to know up to where they can go. So this mm. is said by by the police itself. So so, so police, you know, the, the 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 police system is saying this. We are not going towards you know trying to avoid taking our responsibility. We mm. have the responsibility to ask the right question. And my last responsibility as Muslim, as a Muslim, and if we understand. Uh, that we are rahmatan lil'alamin. we are mercy to the world. We have to be clear that today even if France and the French people have a negative perception of Muslims and Islam, mm. we have to make our presence a gift to the society and to make it clear if today you are targeting the Muslims and you are now targeting them and preventing them to be free, that they have limited freedom of expression, limited freedom of conscience. At the end of the day, all this is will, will come back to you because you cannot only target a segment of the society. And this is important because if the far right parties are taking over, we are not the only victims. It's yeah. the whole society. So we have to universalize our discourse as Muslims and as citizens to make it clear that if we are the first target, the whole society,
2: is the second one yeah exactly i mean sheikh yasser you were um nodding ahead for for parts of that we we're seeing a move towards um some might argue xenophobic kind of populism throughout the western world uh steve bannon as you know has been uh globetrotting uh meeting mm-hmm. with uh, right-wing politicians um spreading his tried and tested method of you know create the enemy within and then uh, you know, create some kind of uh, public discourse against that, and you'll be uh, you'll be uh, you know successful, victorious with. Uh, and he's managed to shift the the Overton window, called the the, the window of expressible public opinion, uh, further and further to you know against uh, Muslims and other minorities. What's your view um, with regards to this kind of uh, network, and how do you believe Muslims can prepare for it?
0: So I think. Uh... It's really saddening how people don't learn from history. Mm-hmm. Barely a century ago, the Nazis came to power with the exact same game plan as we're seeing now. Barely a century ago, hardly a hundred years have passed, and we are we have completely neglected the lessons that mankind has seen. It is horrifying when fascists, when far-right xenophobes, Uh, get to positions of power. The exact same game plan. You take a minority that is very easy to stigmatize. Mm. You take a minority that looks different, speaks different, acts differently, and you blame society's woes on them, like Germany did in the 1920s. Germany began to claim that all of our problems emanate from this one group that if we were to have this group solved then Germany would reach its maximum you know height and power and they began smearing and campaigning and in return maybe the group did retaliate maybe it was conspiratorial you know a number of bombings happened the parliament in Germany was was bombed uh, a politician was assassinated which led to Kristallnacht you know the the night of the glasses and whatnot and these incidents happened and accusations were made against mm. the Jewish community and this exacerbated this situation. The Nazis come along. They claim they are the messiah. They claim they are the godlike figures that will protect the German people. And they foment that hatred. hatred. They foment that racism and xenophobia in order that they can then claim to be the knight in shining armor. You see the knight in shining armor has to create the bogeyman, has to create the Frankenstein. So you create the Frankenstein so that you become Mr. Powerful, Mr. Messiah, Mr. Godlike figure that's gonna swoop down and protect the people. We see it in Trump, we see it with Modi, we see it at Bolsonaro in, in, in Brazil. We see it now with Macron, the same mentality. These people don't care about their countries. They're willing to divide their countries in order to conquer their seats. That's the reality of what we're seeing. Mm. So what we're seeing here is the otherization of the Muslims of France, just like the Jews of Germany 100 years ago. I mean, subhanallah, we all know that yesterday, or was it two days ago, they're gonna broadcast the Charlie Abdu cartoons on the national or on the building of the city. They're gonna make it now so big. Can you imagine in America, America the movement of Black Lives Matter. Can you imagine the KKK, you know, Audhu doing some type of nooses, or maybe the N-word, or something Mm. very vulgar, and making a very public show about this, and then saying, we have the freedom of speech. Yes, you have the freedom of speech, but you are inciting hatred. This doesn't justify violence, but do you really think that to flout a person's sanctity, a person's uh, uh, ethnicity, a person's religious beliefs, you think to provoke them constantly is going to bring about civil society? On the contrary what macron and what his ilk are doing they are the ones that are dividing society in order that they can then bank in on that division by claiming to be the saviors of their own people and in the end who is going to be harmed society itself the entire society not just Mm. that one segment of of, of muslims or of the others history teaches us that and allah Mustaan, i mean we're supposed to be optimistic we have optimism at the same time the situation It does not bode well politically and Allah Azawajal's help is sought.
2: I get the feeling from uh, listening to Muslims in France that um, they don't have platforms to articulate, to make use of the so-called free speech uh, equivalent to those who are attacking them and goading them on. And this this leads to uh, these kind of provocations. They lead to kind of uh, cycles of violence. So um, someone might do or, or show a provocative cartoon and naturally, if you show something that provocative, so maybe even, not even a Muslim, just criticizing, some, insulting someone's mother, if you, if you do that to 100 people, one of them might react violently. And that's more a case of their own personality and their own history and their mental state and so forth. So when somebody does react, then it goes into, you know, defiance mode, or we must provoke them even more. How dare they react? And then, you know, people will more and more, uh, you know, reaction will be, uh, uh, greater and greater and that's why the, the French model of uh, the Charlieblo r- rather style has been regarded or, or, or described as punching down. it's it's privileged usually white men who uh, are criticizing and, and mocking um you know um, uh, Muslim women or African women or uh, with these types of um, uh, insults but on the other hand some Muslims are saying you know we're getting raided for tweets that we sent against. Uh, certain politicians or uh, certain, uh, a certain rapper maybe from an African background uh, is taken to prison because of uh, so-called insulting the public, the republic or um, insulting the police and this type of stuff. So is there actual genuine fair free speech, Professor in Ramadan, in, in France?
1: You know, the situation in France as to free speech, it's it's really problematic. This is the only country in the world where over the last 30 years I was not and I not have been able to speak within the university. Can you imagine this? 30 years, the only time I was able to speak in one university was in the suburb. And we had to announce my presence one hour before the meeting. Just to be able to speak. And at the end, we had to stop. So it's not possible. There is a problem here as to freedom of speech. My own uh, brother is prevented from entering the country over the last now. Three years for what? He never uh, uh, spoke against the law. He never spoke against. the, he, he is critical towards the French policy, but this is the reality. There is discrimination as to freedom of expression in France. And add to this that all the platforms and all you know the uh, the media and, and 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 what we have now within the media is always the same people mm. coming and they are choosing who are the representative of Muslims, and by the way, this is the way everywhere in the West now, that uh, uh, they are choosing who has to speak for Muslims, and if you are not supporting uh, uh, the government and not speaking uh, within the not within the secular system because i have been saying this for 30 years we don't have a problem with the secular system and the secular system is not against our freedom of religion even only if you apply and 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 understand the secular system as being equal for all the religion and you let the you let the muslims and, and leave the muslims choose for themselves but now you know, when it comes to the reality of Muslims, the, the French government is asking the Moroccan embassy, the Algerian embassy, mm. the Tunisian embassy, and, and 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 even now the Emirati embassy, about what is this? Are we talking among French people, or are you talking to the embassy to talk to your own citizens? Because. Because they are still Muslims, uh, or they are Muslims for you, they are still foreign citizens. There is a new More now, you know, a, a, new, a new object, or a new uh, way of putting it, that you if you, you are citizen or you are not. Now you are a foreign citizen. So you are a citizen, but still, because you are Muslim, you are perceived as uh, a, a foreigner. And I think that this is where, for us, now, uh, yes, there is a, 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 a big problem of freedom of expression, but still there is a space and you have now leaders, uh, uh, women and, and men who are now more and more visible. The only mm-hmm. thing that we have now is that there is a lack, you know, I have a, a sociologist, a, a Belgium sociologist who told me once, you know what, I talked to the, the, the leaders within the Muslim community, I found, Many leaders, but I didn't find leadership, and I think he was right. So mm-hmm. there is not a vision here, and and we are mm-hmm. completely uh, uh, divided, and not even supporting one another. It's as if they are targeting one organization. The other organizations are quiet. They don't talk. They are scared, and this is what is happening now with uh, with the 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 the. the, the politics in, in France is now to spread uh, uh, to send around a message if you don't now follow our rule or speak the way we want you to speak you are going to be targeted and this is what is happening with all these organizations mm-hmm. and and for us once again uh, it's important to understand that uh, uh, you have we have to be clear we abide by the law of the land and the country and we want to be treated equally. And this once again means that we have to, to be courageous enough to say it and even to support our mm. sisters and our brothers when something is happening. You, you know, for example, Yasser Qadi spoke about what happened for two women, one was stabbed uh, the day before yesterday. And even the, the, the French media were not talking about it. It was mm. not the right time to talk about it because this would have covered what happened to the professor. It's just crazy. And the Muslims were all all scared to speak about it as if, you know, we have to be very cautious. So if uh, uh, fear is around, there is no rational uh, um, uh, behavior here coming from the Muslim leaders, and this is missing today.
0: You know, let me just add to that a little bit, uh, that from what I've um, experienced, again, I was active uh, teaching uh, at, a, at a university. I'm no longer at that university, but I was active teaching for a decade. Uh, when Al-Qaeda was active, when they caught Osama bin Laden, when ISIS rose up and it, and it died down, so I was in the academic sphere teaching undergraduates for an entire decade. What I discovered in that experience was that the, the, the bubble that our community has versus the mm. other communities those two bubbles are completely distinctly separate from one another. It is almost impossible for the average Westerner to understand the bubble that most of us are inhabiting. Likewise, it is almost impossible for us to fully comprehend how an average American and an average Frenchman is seeing all that is happening. What we need to do is to be brave enough to both sides calm down and for a few hours or, or even longer than that, try to see the world from their perspective the average american has no clue as to the grievances that the muslim world had similarly the average french person i'm assuming i haven't lived there i'm assuming they're occupying a totally different paradigm and they are believing what has been fed to them by their politicians by macron so rather than get angry at the average guy on the street Mm. it's not really his fault he's been brainwashed rather than get angry at him you need to understand that it's your responsibility to somehow break down you know the narrative to somehow make him reorient himself. And that's very, very difficult in 10 seconds or 10 minutes. It will require time. I've taught hundreds if not thousands of students an entire semester. And I can tell you, alhamdulillah, every single student that took any of my classes, by the time the class was over, they had a very different perception of the religion, of the politics, of the grievances, than when they walked in. But that took an entire semester. That took deconstructing the world that they inhabit. And that's something that, unfortunately, to this day, I'm really surprised nobody has a half hour video, for example, from the uh, uh, Islamic paradigm, trying to explain what is going Mm. on. Why are these radical movements there? Why is there so much anger in a manner that might potentially crack the bubble that the average Western or the average you know, Frenchman or, or Englishman or you know, uh, American finds himself in? That's on us to do. That's not on them to do. The politicians are doing what they're supposed to do. We expect Trump to be Trump, Macron to be Macron, you know, uh, Fulan to be Fulan. It's our responsibility to try to fight that with education. And I think that in that regard, there's still much that we can do.
2: I mean, the 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 otherizing of, of of Islam and Muslims is is not something new, is it? It's something that some some have argued is has been central to Western Europe's um, depiction of itself to define mm-hmm. its borders vis-à-vis Islam. You know, as as the as the necessary other.
0: Edward Said's Orientalism. Go back to nineteen seventy-five. Edward yeah. Said's Orientalism. You cannot have an Occident without an Orient, right? Yeah. That by defining the other. And by otherizing the other you actually help define yourself right and that's something that uh, again edward Said's book but again how few people even know that right the average westerner has no clue about this entire this entire narrative that again you need to have de- you know actually every single semester in my classes i would have a week where we read edward Said's book where we you know saw depictions of arabs and muslims in, in the media so that they could see how easy it is to brainwash you know how easy it is that they don't even realize mm-hmm. How how uh, uh, um, subtle the brainwashing is. It takes time, but it
2: can be done. Are you then not, however, calling therefore to something that some people might regard as a dissolving of their very own identity and their own essence? And this is this is perhaps how we might be able to interpret some of the far right narratives about, you know. Um, the, the the white european being uh, uh, an endangered species and this type of victim narrative that marine le pen and all these types of uh, people are now increasingly uh, you know uh, 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 main mainstream uh, discourses is, is uh is, is harking at the process like Ramadan is this is this something that can be undone if it's something that perhaps started according to some a millennium ago look my take
1: on this is is quite paradoxical
2: I think that why
1: all this is happening now and you have populism coming uh, Mm -hmm. so strong and, and being so scared, it's because what is happening on the ground is exactly what they are scared of. That in fact, this new presence of Muslim. Now is not so new. We are you know, reaching the, the fifth generation of uh, Muslim presence in France. And it's very important to remember that it's the biggest Muslim community in the West, proportionally to the to the to the society, even more, you know, proportionally it's the more than even the, the, the United States. So it's a very important community. And now they are getting out of their social ghetto. Now they are much more visible. Now they speak French as the French, and they are French. And now they are Muslim. It's because, in fact, they are saying, oh, you know, integration failed. I'm saying it's exactly the opposite. In fact, it works. And now these Muslims are here. So this, you know, otherization that you are talking about, Look at Macron's last speech when he was saying separatism. And now we have to, to, you know, to fight separatism. These people don't want to integrate. They say it's exactly the opposite. You are creating them. You put them in the same you know, suburbs. You created them outside the society. And now, uh, you know, uh, 20 years ago, I was talking about the new we. And this new we is for us to feel so. You, we might not have it coming out mm. of our leaders now, but on the ground, this new citizenship, European citizenship, and even Western citizenship, the, the you know, in the United States is exactly the same, but it's even much more visible now that something is changing in this society. So they are scared, and they are scared of these... Uh, west uh, you know muslim citizens being able to vote being able to be involved and they are within the political parties and now even saying as i have been saying you know what islam is a french religion islam is a european religion mm-hmm. and you can see it on the ground so we have sometimes to go beyond this you know tensions that we see now to understand that the historical movement it's exactly uh, it's completely different from what we see. We tend to look at these tensions and not to understand, and this is why I, I'm quite optimistic. It's going to be difficult. They won't. And, I, I, and, and once again, I repeated this, even when I was going to the States and going to, to, to Europe, they are not going to let you normalize your presence. You know why? Because there is one thing which is important for us as Muslims, and I repeat this statement we have to normalize our presence without trivializing it. Mm. Meaning that what we need to get as Western Muslims and French Muslims is that be a gift for your society. And as it was said by Yasser Qadi, yes, it's true. He's completely right. At our level, we have to deconstruct the perception. And your presence in itself, it's It could help the deconstruction of what is a Muslim, who is a Muslim, how a Muslim uh, live in his or her country. This is the starting point of changing mentality, changing perception. But let me tell you something. In fact, even though the media are strong and the political discourse is very negative, on the ground something is happening it's going to take time and we have to look at it by saying to the muslim and the muslim citizens build at the local level change mentalities teach your religion share your principles and serve the whole society this is what we have to understand now by understanding that the 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 african proverb is right you start sending stones on trees when the trees are bearing their fruits that's exactly what's happening with the muslims today and, and we have to get it right that this historical moment, we should not only take the negative out of it we have to understand that something is happening on the ground which is we are here and we are french muslims and we are french as much as you are french
2: but Professor Tariq, that that is what that might be maybe what muslims are uh saying on the ground now but what do you say to someone who's had their mosque closed down or their islamic charity being uh, raided or uh you know their muslim school being uh, being be, being closed down who who doesn't feel that they actually belong and that in, that 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 um the secularism or the laicite in 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 uh in french uh, in french society is not actually uh, neutral at all but rather it's just blind to its own religiosity but it's I, uh, uh, you know it's it's just the imposition of one uh, history one set of values one discourse uh, instead of others so the muslims are uh, they might argue uh, progressing economically uh, socially and so forth in spite of secularism not because of it
1: Now, I think you are right. Uh, But as I said, it's not going to be easy. It's going to you have to fight for your rights. They are not going to give Mm. uh, to you in such a simple way. It's going to be to fight meanings just to be a citizen and to understand when they close your masks, when they close your organizations, you have to struggle and, and ask. And we have now people in our societies in the West. Once again, it's in France, but it's everywhere, lawyers politicians thinkers intellectuals who understand that something is is wrong in the whole process in the way the laws are uh, implemented are applied to the people there is mm. a discriminatory war. so we have to struggle for our rights it's not going to be easy so so you are right now uh, even what was what is said now about you know practicing Muslims. Practicing Muslims is, is almost uh, radicalized Muslims today in many of, you know, the, the, the secular uh, discourse that we have uh, in France. So, so this is where, uh, as I said, we have to understand that the, 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 it's, it's a very long process. It's going to take effort, to take time. We are going to go through very difficult times now because of the atmosphere. And what you said, you know, uh, uh, Yasser Qadi was talking about Macron and saying his, uh, you know, political project. You should remember that Macron came to power with a completely different discourse mm-hmm. about Islam and laicity. He changed over the last three years. Understanding mm-hmm. now that if he won, if he wants to win the next election, this exactly. is the way he has to follow. That is what is happening now. It's a complete uh, change in his political vision, understanding. It's through this conflict and by uh, nurturing this you know, separatism and this clash with Islam and Muslims and talking about security and talking about you know, the danger for our society that he's going to win. So by promoting the far-right parties, he's putting the far-right parties as the only party against him. And he's going to win because they are demonizing the far-right party but normalizing its discourse. This is exactly what is happening. Demonize the party, normalize its discourse, and win over uh, uh, the next election. So we have to be quite uh, 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 aware of the whole process now, and, and 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 be part of the society. And once again, I don't deny, and I'm completely aware of what is happening for you know Muslim organizations. But once again, it has to do with our rights, our struggle mm-hmm. for our rights, and let let it. We have to put it that way: understanding Islam the right way, and be courageous enough as citizens to speak the truth to power. And two, the 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 the, the you know the, the the way the the secular system should work. There is a separation of power that they have to respect, and not to use the law for uh, the sake of uh, uh, political uh, or ideological uh, objectives.
2: Sheikh Yasser, you were nodding your head there. You agree?
0: Uh, So I'm not going to speak directly to the French context because, again, uh, Mm -hmm. I think we need to point out, no doubt, Western Muslims share quite a lot in common vis-a-vis Muslims in Muslim majority lands. But still, every single Western country has its finer details, nuances, Mm -hmm. pros and cons. So I think one of the biggest pros for the French Muslims is simply their quantity. There is no other country uh in the western lands that has a higher percentage of muslims than france so you have almost almost 10 percent, i think muslims so that is something that is very different we in america we are less than one percent less than one percent obviously our demographics our socioeconomic status very different as well so it's a, and also we have different constitutions so again we don't have the exact same type of problems that france does we really by and large the first amendment does give us a lot more freedoms to say things and do mm. things and it's only a very small group of people uh, that have actually been caught for speech and those are there are those that are you know trying to justify violent actions which is a gray area uh you know is being discussed in the court so i i can only comment to the fact that every single country uh its muslims has to see its leadership its muslims have to see what they're going to do best and i think i have to reiterate a, pa- a fact that Uh, has gotten me into a lot of trouble at the same time. But it is something that I'm very adamant that Mm. every single land has its scholars and we need to insource scholarship rather than outsource it. One of our biggest disasters or calamities of the 80s especially, uh, and maybe even it was Darura because we didn't have that many local or whatnot, but one of our biggest disasters was to outsource our fatawa from countries 3,000, 5,000 miles away. We cannot get fatwas about the specifics of what Muslims of a country should do except from ulama who live within that country and alhamdulillah we're now living in 2020 where every single western land has ulama either Mm -hmm. trained abroad and then coming and living in the country for many years or born and raised and then going overseas and come back we need to understand, as Ibn Qayyim and others say, this is nothing strange or radical. It's nothing that alien half to... of giving the fatwa mm-hmm. is to understand the context of the fatwa. So in source, our scholar here, which is why I'm not going to speak too much about what French Muslim should or should not do. Generally speaking, Western Islam needs to understand what are its goals? What is its position? What is it planned to do? What are mm-hmm. its visions about its identity? Where does it see itself? 20, 50, 100 years, you know, down the line, and then work its way uh, through that vision, Inshallah,
2: If you what Sheikh Yasser Qadhi just said, agree with him, disagree with him, refute him in the comments below. Don't worry, he's expecting it.
1: If I may say something, yes, sir, which is, I think, very important what you said right now, that uh, it, ha- it has to do with every single country uh, uh, should rely on mm-hmm. its uh, uh, ulama and that's very true at the same time what is also necessary is that we need to have more dialogue and exchanges and uh, discussion between leaders and leadership among the 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 western uh, 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 countries that's essential because uh, let me tell you something it's very important for the french people the french muslims to understand that what they are experiencing is not the west is is something which has which is specific to their country and the way they are treated Mm. and you have to rely on what is happening in the uk what is happening in the in, in canada what is happening in the states to help the muslims to get a better understanding of the west so it's true that the fatawa for a specific country. They cannot come but from the ulama from this country that's completely right but on some issues there are transnational reality Mm -hmm. that should be should be discussed because this is going to help the muslims of the other western country which is important so for example when i i visited you know so many times the, the the united states of america coming back to Europe, coming back to France, coming back to Switzerland, coming back to the UK, and say, look, what is happening there is this and that. So the West is not this. It's not your your reality. And if the people are telling you you don't understand the West by lying on the situation, that's, uh, that would be uh, uh, misleading. And more than that, there are some fatawa that are very local or national, and there are fatawa that are continental, and that we need also to understand yeah. that is coming out of our discussion. It's true at the European level, and it started also with the Fair Council and some of the scholars coming from the States, dealing with Muslims in Europe and understanding that these are realities that we have to discuss. So, so we need to get this right, because this, you know, uh, overall understanding of the West and what is happening in the West will help all the Western Muslims. So we need to get the, the two levels. Just okay. off the
2: back of that, um some people have said that what's happening in France right now is kind of like a an experiment uh, for uh, states to see how much they can actually get away with. Do you think that this is uh, this can um, be used as a model and replicated elsewhere if we're not careful? And if so, what can we do to stop that happening? Uh,
1: Look, uh, uh, my my take on this, you know, at for you know, over the last 30 years, and more than that even. My hope was that what was happening in France, uh, we could have an impact on what is happening in France by relying on the European level. But, you know, in other countries, things were quite different. My take now is just the French society is very influential at the European level, to the point that it's the opposite. It's Mm. not the European countries you know, influencing France. It's France now spreading around this fear, this suspicion that Islam is a problem. So now we have it throughout Europe. And even of course, uh, we know what is happening now in the United States. So yes, there is something which is like an experiment that now the discourse that we have in France, the populist party that we have, which is now leading Uh, the discourse not leading you know the political competition but leading so in fact they can lose the election but win the argument exactly Mm. so this is what is happening now and i think that this is true throughout europe now that we have you can see that this is happening so Everywhere now, you have this—you know—people uh, repeating or uh, taking, you know, uh, France as an example, and we have to be very cautious. So this is why it's very important for us uh, to be able to talk about it. For example, you know, on the situation about the veil, the French Muslims thought for a while that all what was said about the 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 the. the, the the headscarf uh, in France was what was said everywhere in, in, the, in Europe and even in the West, which is completely wrong. So no, the, 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 the very simple statement, it's against Islam to impose onto to a woman to wear the headscarf. It's against human rights to impose on to a woman to take it off. And that you say it's about freedom of conscience. In France, if you say this, you are perceived as, you know, a fundamentalist. while. Why? in the States, in the UK, everywhere this is understood. So this is where we need to get you know, these arguments and to be able to make them uh, influential because if not, the mainstream French discourse mm. could take over uh, in Europe. And even things that were said in France Which were not said in the the States are now even said in the States about the Muslim presence perceived as, you know, be careful on Trump's uh, rhetoric about the Muslim, you know, ban and the Muslims being a problem. This is exactly what we heard 15 years ago about the Muslim presence in France. So we have to be very Mm. cautious that this is also uh, could get, uh, uh, could spread this negative discourse coming from France as, as we said, the most important Muslim community in a Western country.
2: Um, the, the, the CCIF released a statement, the advocacy group that um, details and, and campaigns against Islamophobia. They mentioned, uh, I think it was yesterday or very recently, that 10 years ago it was only the far right, uh, Marine Le Pen and, and, uh, that, 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 and her ilk, that were calling for its dissolution and closing it down uh but today it's the you know the the interior minister himself so it's mainstream french society um we've seen uh so they, they, they remarked on how much the discourse has ta- changed in the last 10 years and even in the uk um i was speaking to a french brother who's been in the uk for 15 years and he said even i feel the the lurch towards this type of uh, um enforced uh, muscular liberalism, we call it in the UK, unfortunately, and from, and unfortunately, that's been kind of, uh, according to some people, exported over from the United States via neoconservative think tanks. Um, uh, Prime Minister David Cameron, in 2011, gave his infamous uh, Munich speech about being intolerant against intolerance and this type of uh, rhetoric. Uh, but my question to you, Sheikh Yasser is if secularism or uh, can be um, weaponized, to push to become uh, push society to become so intolerant is secularism itself in crisis
0: so uh secularism is of course now uh very easy to deconstruct maybe 20 30 40 years ago mm. people thought that secularism is one strand and it is totally neutral of course with postmodernism, we fully understand that secularism has the potential to be just as fundamentalist and just as dogmatic uh, and just as terroristic, really, mm-hmm. as any uh, faith tradition can potentially be. And of course, there are great... Uh, Talal Asad has done some amazing work in this, right? Where mm-hmm. he's talked about uh, you know an anthropology of the secular. He's talked about taking the tools of secularism and anthropology as they use them against faith or against religions, and then using it against uh, secularism itself. What we're seeing now, really, and I've said this uh, for the last decade, really, is that uh, rather than being a clash uh, between civilizations, you know, which is what uh, was propagated by Huntington and others since the 90s, Mm. what we're seeing is a clash within Western civilization. We're seeing a clash for the heart and soul of Western civilization. We're seeing a clash about the identity of Western civilization. In America, we are mere pawns. We're less than one percent. In America, Muslims cannot shape the discourse, even if we would want to we're too small and insignificant to do that what is happening is we're being used as a pawn between far larger and much mm. more powerful trends within Western society and they're the ones discussing what it means to be secular what it means to be liberal what it means to be uh, basically modern and free and whatnot and we are like the canary in the in the um, uh, in the um, uh, the canary oh, in mine. the. Uh, In the coal mine, right? We're the ones that are being used by both sides. And again, look at Hillary Clinton uh, when she was campaigning, and she chose Khizr Khan, right? And again, not pro. Again, I'm just saying that she chose Khizr Khan as a token, like that was a point. It was done intentionally, and because you want to demonstrate, you know, that's what this party stands for, Mm. and this is what that party stands for. So I totally agree with uh, the notion that secularism is crisis is a big word. Secularism is splitting up in its own ranks and the future of secularism is going to go different paths. So the French version of secularism is going one path. Uh, The Canadian version, the New Zealand version, the maybe Australian to a lesser degree is another path. America is still vacillating, you know, which way it's going to go. We're seeing different madhabs of uh, secularism Mm. and the future uh, is something only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. We have to try our best to influence the discourse and we haven't even begun in our own internal conversations about the realities of balancing our, our loyalties to our faith with our loyalties to our country, which is a very difficult conversation that needs to happen at some point in time Mm -hmm. Uh, and i've said this in the american context i know i'm not going to say this in the european in the american context i have said nationally on stage you the the youtube videos are there and i have no problem saying this in the american context our utmost our ultimate loyalties are to our creator and our loyalties to any other entity are contingent on the freedom to be loyal to our creator. If any other entity, political or otherwise, were to challenge my loyalty to my creator, I will give up that loyalty. I'll not betray it. I will give it up. And I will mm-hmm. go to another place where I can practice my loyalty to my creator. Now, within the American context, I can say that the constitution guarantees me that loyalty to my creator. And it is not allowed for the constitution of this country to intervene between me and my worship and my belief and my faith. The minute that the constitution does that, it has betrayed its own values, and then I am free to leave. And I'm not going to betray, I'm not going to backstab, but I'm very clear here that the, the the whole point of this constitution for me is that it allows me the freedom, my conscience needs to have that attachment to my creator. And if it does that, then all other loyalties shall be fulfilled contingent to the loyalty mm. to my creator. I don't know about the European <coughs> context but in the American that, context that, you can say that and it's not a
1: problem. Yes, sir that that's very interesting and I think we can we can follow this by by I would put it another way if I may because I completely agree with the fact that uh, and I, I if I talk about this what I'm saying is that you know as a believer uh my loyalty is to God and I'm loyal to my principle. I belong to my principles, but my principles are telling me that I have to respect the law of the country as long as the law of the country are not asking me to act and to behave against my principles. That's the starting point, not putting it as mm. two you know, loyalties, but to put the priorities, and I can say this everywhere in the world. So that's something which is important, is that the first is I belong to uh, God and I belong to my principles and my principles. As the Muslims are telling me, wherever you are, you abide by the law of the country to the point where the law of the country is not asking you to behave against your principles why am I saying this? Because this is where they are trying to put us in a situation where there is, you know, a double loyalty. So, or a conflict of loyalty because between your loyalty to God and Islam and your loyalty to your country. And I think that this should be put clearly, that this is not—you know, when I was asked about, oh, you are following the Sharia, and the Sharia is against the law of the Republic, you say, no, my loyalty to Sharia is telling me respect the the, the law of the land, and this is what is important, as long as you are not asking me to behave against the principles. So if you prevent me from praying, I'm not going to accept. If now there are secondary issues, I have to look at fiqh and to understand what are the priorities. Fiqh al-awlawiyyat and fiqh al-mu'amalat, this is something which is essential in the way we deal with the society. Mm-hmm. And I think that this discourse should be quite clear uh, as Muslims, and the Muslim scholars and the ulama and the shuyukh and the i uh, in their country should be quite clear. We are not talking here today about a conflict of loyalty. Mm. There are priorities, and the priorities that we have as Muslims are quite clear on the fact that you respect the land of the country. Except Small pushback,
0: pushback, Dr. Tarak. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but the caveats and the, the devil's in the details, as they say, right? You're saying we have to respect the law of the land, and uh, I don't like this terminology. Uh, no, as I, well, as I was to abide by the, the, the... Yeah, okay. So then we have to be careful here, right? As a,
1: the as law as of the land... Okay, so
0: let's make sure that is clear to mm-hmm. our viewers as well. Okay. Yes, exactly. Because I don't have to respect the law. I do have to abide by it. Yes, exactly. And I have the right okay. as well to challenge within the mechanisms if to I'm work, able to. to work to change it. I have the right to work to change it, and again, I speak in the American context, I have the right to criticize the law. I don't know about the European context, right? But as the American context, and by the way, in my case, the example that I found works very well with um, those that are sympathetic to the far right is the issue of abortion, right? This is a very good example, because over 35 percent of Americans strongly disapprove of abortion, and yet it is the law of the land, and the Supreme Court has Uh, you know, basically past it, Roe versus Wade, everything. And most of those who are against abortion are also a little bit Islamophobic, okay? (laughs) So you ask them point blank, and you know what the stereotype I'm talking about. You ask them point blank. You are following your Christian Sharia against the law of the land, okay? You are prioritizing the Christian Sharia and thinking that your law of God is more correct than the law of the land. Does that make you any less American? Now, where do you become you know, illegal or whatnot when you shoot the abortion doctor? You can preach against the abortion doctor. You cannot like the abortion doctor. Mm. You can preach against abortion. All of this is protected by our constitution. But the minute you raise a gun and you shoot the abortion doctor, which has happened in America multiple times, right? That's when you're doing something illegal. So we have to explain to the other why we have the right to do exactly what they are doing. I do not have to respect the laws of the land, Mm. I have to abide, agreed, but I can criticize, I can Mm. hate it, I can try to change it, all of this is something I will do
1: as a Muslim. Yes, I completely agree with this, and this is what I meant to abide by the law of the country, but there is also something that we have to add here, is that when the law is saying that you can do, they are not obliging Mm. you to do it. So this is also the space that's very important because many of the people who are talking about abortion, yes, it's legal and accepted by the law, but you're not obliged to do it. It's exactly the same with alcohol. It's the same. So there is here uh, a latitude for you to decide what you can do and what you can't do within the limits of the, law. Agreed. of the law, we also have to understand, and this is why, Why? because in Islam, it's this space, it's very important to know what you can do mm-hmm. within the limits of the law, so to abide by the law doesn't mean that you are doing all what is permitted for others to do, and I would say something else, which I think it's important in the discussion about secularism and what you just said we can talk about who is in crisis because you know that uh, macron was saying islam is in crisis now you mm. uh, have some scholars saying no secularism is in crisis so it's between you know cr- your crisis our crisis that's another discussion now it's clear and it should be clear for us that by living in western countries you in the united states of america and us in europe it's important within our society to know and to determine and to identify who are the people for whom we are our presence is a problem mm-hmm. now it's not only secularists yes they are here some of the you know fundamentalist secularists they have a problem not only with muslims they have a problem with religion so we have to know that something is going to come from there we need to know that far right parties and populists are going to target us but not only, we have to be clear on this. Many of the people who are also targeting us as Western citizens are also you know, governments, foreign governments who understand that by being Western citizens and Muslim at the same time, our voice as to their policy in the Middle East are in the southern countries is going to be a problem. So the more we are demonized in our country, the best it is for them. We need to get this right because some of these people are very influential everywhere. So we should not be naive. Our enemies are not only the secularists or the secular fundamentalists. No, no, no. It's also people who have an agenda with our presence. And add to this that our voice as citizens When I'm saying this, you know, I'm not only supporting the Palestinians, I'm supporting all the uh, persecuted and all the Mm. victims of dictatorships everywhere. But you need to get this right. If you are making your presence, that you are on the side of the victims in China or in India or in the Middle East or in Palestine, some of the political forces are going to target you. So we need to get this right, because this is to help our brothers and sisters. Don't be naive. It's not about secular society only. It's about, it's about the relationship, the North and South relationship. And mm-hmm. this is my take on this. I'm sorry, I am a, a Muslim and I'm Muslim European citizen coming from somewhere. I'm coming from somewhere, and my parents were immigrants coming from a dictatorship. I would never, in the name of my citizenship, share with my fellow citizens and my fellow Muslims, keep quiet about what is happening around the world. And know that your dignity as an American Muslim, as a European Muslim, is to speak for The victims to speak for the oppressed, whoever they are, by the way, not only the Muslims, but it's not because you are a Muslim and you want to be integrated within the political spectrum that you have to keep quiet about what is happening to Mm. uh, Muslims in Muslim majority countries. That's not acceptable. So I would say that here we also have to understand that our crisis, not our enemies, or the people who don't like us are not only. These people that we know, populist and secular, we have, you know, there is a, an international agenda here where as, as Muslims and as Western Muslims, our, you know, رحمة للعالمين. رحمة للعالمين, this mercy for the world is be the voice of good and the voice of justice for mm. every single human being, Muslim or non-Muslim. Uh, here or there. And I would say that uh, sometimes I'm I, 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 I I'm quite sad to see that some Muslims, in order to be accepted, even by the populist, uh, accept even at the same time to be quiet about injustices around the world. And I, I don't think that this is right. This is not so, the gift that we should be and we should provide the West with.
0: So totally agreed, and therefore to, to finish this point before we move to the next question, uh, Muslims need to understand our ultimate goal in this world is not the acceptance of the other. Our ultimate goal is the pleasure of our creator. Now, we don't want to cause problems. We don't want to cause, you know, any type of issues and we want to live, you know, uh, where we're living with peace and comfort, but it should never happen by infringing or by giving up that which I consider to be sacred, my worship of Allah, my morality, my values. Where that is the case, our priority will be the pleasure of Allah. And we will be preaching and teaching the truth wherever we are. The ultimate goal, as you yourself have said, Dr. Tarik, many times, is that we are shuhada al as the Qur'an is saying. We are witnesses unto mankind. That means that sometimes we're going to have to say uncomfortable truths. That means that we're going to have to preach to power. That means we're going to have to sometimes preach against the morality of our peoples. What is that delicate balancing act between you know, trying to live a peaceful life versus saying things that are unpopular. That is something that will vary from time to place to culture to civilization. And once again, we go back Mm to uh, going to our leaders of our own communities and balancing. The Muslims of China right now, the Uyghurs, for example, their situation is very different. What they should or should not do, I'm not qualified to say that. The same goes for the Muslims in France. At what point do some people say, you know, enough is enough. Is enough. Maybe we should go somewhere else. I'm not mm-hmm. the one to say that, right? I'm best qualified to speak about my own land, the country I've been born and raised in. And alhamdulillah, you know, that's where uh, I can speak more freely. But you're right, Dr. Ramadan. We should be speaking amongst ourselves and exchanging ideas and seeing the mm-hmm. pros and cons of every country we can benefit from uh, the histories and the, uh, and the differences between the various
2: lands. And on that point, if you don't like the way Muslims are portrayed in the media, maybe you should help by funding your own alternative media source. I wonder where you could get that from. Oh, links in the comments below. Speaking of which, um, Professor Tariq, you mentioned you're an optimist of uh, you know what the future ha- has in store, inshaAllah. But um, I do put this to you, however. The one writer um, in France, a Muslim writer, he said um, he feels that there's no hope of the situation in France getting better. Um, saying that uh, you know the, the the attacks against Muslims and Islam is similar to the Quraysh. There's no room for Islam in the you know the public discourse is too in, simply too intolerant. Um, Muslims are you know they're getting their mosques closed down and so on and so forth. And I was waiting for him to just drop the H word Hijrah. Um, but instead the way he phrased it, he said he's normally against the the whole Hijrah narrative. And many, I, I'm assuming we'd we'd agree here in this call, but he was saying maybe if Muslims were to seek political asylum in neighboring countries, would that put a a global spotlight and embarrassment for 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 the for the French uh, state uh, when it comes to the the international community?
1: To tell you the truth, I don't think it's going to work. It's just maybe it's a, a cosmetic political. Uh, uh, positioning here, I don't think it's uh, uh, my 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 take on what is happening in France. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, some masks are uh, closing, but at the same time, at the same time, you know, I have been here for the last and working at the grassroots level for the last almost forty years, almost forty years working, and I can tell you that things are moving, and I understand why they could be scared because, in fact, they are settling down. They are having more masks. They have, you know, organizations and schools. It's going to take time. It's going to be challenging, but it works. So I think that we have to be very cautious at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. They are citizens. They are going to vote and they are much more visible everywhere. You know, 10 years ago, you didn't have all these journalists Uh, uh, coming from you know uh, north african countries and 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 african countries now Mm. they are here they are uh, medical doctors they are teachers they are university uh, students and university professors we have to be patient and we have to be uh you know at the end of the day it's exactly this Mm. you know you, you should stop looking at the negative side of the picture have, you know, what was said by Yasser, it's very important, the historical dimension, the perception of time, you may lose the next election, you may face, you know, uh, uh, all this discussion, but at the end of the day, the French society will not do without the French Muslims. This is it. This is the reality of it. They cannot do without you. Now, be part of this society and remember what I have been saying for 30 years. If you are a gift for a society, the people don't ask you, where are are you coming from? But if you are perceived as a problem, Mm -hmm. of course, they they will ask, oh, you are not one of us. But yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's going to take time. But but I think that uh, there is only one duty. Rely on God. Stay here and do your best. So you're up optimistic- So again with
0: regards to, w- with regards to the uh, the Hijra issue I mean I have spoken about this in the American mm-hmm. context you know again for the last 20 years I've been saying the same thing that generally speaking, those that are the most eager to make hijrah, we need them the most because they are the most dedicated to the faith in their own way. Mm. And they're going to be very... And those that have absolutely no idea or concern, generally speaking, we need them to increase their iman and whatnot. So the irony is there's an inverse uh, relationship between that. But uh, my position on this has been very consistent. Every family needs to decide on their own. Mm. Um, But I think that it is it is not wise or it's not proper to quote, let's say, one Sharisi, you know, from Andalusian times and then quote his fatwa and apply it in our context because times have changed it, it really is we are living in a new unprecedented era and uh let's be honest here some of the greatest you know muslim activities or muslim even uh you know institutions or even muslim minds are living in the western lands right the world is a very different place now i mean look Thank at you. london it's called the, the capital of um you know uh intellectual islam or whatever even though the word intellectual anyway let me just <laughs> i was a teaser joke here but uh how many ulama you know, across the globe, have migrated for political factors, social factors to to Europe. How many great minds? How many dissident voices that are actually, you know, uh, maybe they might have some pros and some cons or whatnot. So this notion of this clear demarcation between Dar al-Islam versus the other Dar we have to rethink through that issue in, in these days and i'm not the only one saying this so many great ulama dr akram Nadoui and so many ulama of the you know europe and america are saying this simplistic categorization that binary categorization that might have been valid 500 years ago it is no longer valid right now mm-hmm. and there are pros and cons everywhere in the world We make the best of our situation, and as long as we have the freedom to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to pray our prayers, and we're not being forced to commit uh, kabair, as long as that is the case from a fiqh perspective, you cannot make the argument that it's obligatory Mm. to migrate. And then it is up to the individual whether they, they choose to do so. But I think overall, the presence of Muslims around the globe is a very positive Uh, factor, and that we need to understand as long as Muslims are giving back and their presence is being felt, inshallah, a lot of khair and
1: good can come out wherever they are. You know, just one point that I wanted to make, uh, because I have been, once again, I I, I wrote about this uh, when I started to look at uh, the situation of uh, uh, Muslims in Europe uh, by writing about to be a European Muslim. But I think that it's not, you know, this binary vision, I agree, and I I, 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 I said this binary vision has nothing to do with the reality of the world. It's not only mm-hmm. that we have to go beyond, we have now to understand that we have to go against it, because it's wrong. All the qualifications, Dara Qutni, and all the, the, the ulama who are talking about what are the qualities and, and the characteristics of Dar al-Islam and Dar al-Hard, this was discussed by scholars. You know, we have great scholars talking about this. For me today, what we have to understand that even for you and for me, sometimes it's easier to be a, a, to worship and to be a practicing Muslims. It's easier in Western countries than in Muslim majority countries. Mm. You know, you know, you know, 90% 90% of what I'm saying in the West would be impossible for me to say it in Muslim-majority country and my country and other in Egypt. This is why I'm here, by the way. So for me, the world today is the abode and Dar is shahada. wherever you are as a Muslim, bear witness to the message of Islam. Even in Muslim-majority countries, you know why? Because today, even some of the, our governments in Muslim-majority countries are promoting Islamophobia. Islamophobic discourse yeah. is the reality of it. It's coming in Muslim-majority countries. So the fact that we are talking about Dar al-Islam, Dar al harb this is not only today wrong from, and by the way, it's not coming from the scriptural sources, it's not coming from the Qur'an or Sunnah, it's coming from a perception and understanding of the way the world was uh, organized. Now we have to say this is wrong and we have to change it. So wherever you are, when you can say la ilaha illallah, you are at home, and if you are at home, rely on God, pray, do what you have to do, and serve the people around you. This is to be a witness. So what we should ask the Muslims, wherever you are, is not to categorize, you know, in a, in a very artificial way, the land or the space where you are. It's just wherever you are now is to change your perception and stop having your body in one country and your heart in another one. Because at the end of the day, if you say Mm -hmm. la ilaha illallah and you pray, your first duty is to uh, uh, gather your heart and body and to pray where you are and to serve where you are and to serve... This human brotherhood that is essential to our understanding. So, so I, 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 I would say that our qualification of the world, our perception of the world is the starting point of the way we have to deal with al muamalat in our societies, the way we understand this, how do we serve, how do we promote this. And uh, uh, I think that uh, when I started talking about this, even, you know, what, when I wrote to be a European Muslim, what I got from Muslims is, no, 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 not to be a European Muslim, to be a Muslims in Europe. I'm sorry, take it right. Islam is a universal message, but it deals with diversity of cultures. So when you are a European Muslim, it means that you rely on the universal principles of Islam, understanding the European culture exactly the same as you do with the American culture. So that's very important because the universality of Islam is not to neglect the cultures, but to take from cultures the best mm. and to try to change what is bad. So from an Islamic perspective is wherever you are, you have the right to criticize the law of the land, even though you abide by the law of the land. You have the right to criticize the culture of the land, uh, even though you deal with the culture of the land. You have to promote the best in the language of the land, even though you speak the language of the land. This is the positive presence of Muslim as a witness.
2: So, has some uh, very interesting stuff to, um, to think about there, uh, Professor Ramadan. Um, I, I, I'm aware that uh, you've given us, you've both given us a lot of your time very generously, but I have just one question uh, for Sheikh Yasser Al Qadi. Um, I, I, I couldn't uh, end this uh, episode without asking you: What's the mood on the ground with regards to the general, uh, with regards to the presidential election uh, over there in the US? Hmm.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if there can be a unified mood. <laughs> Depression. <laughs>
2: like, I saw uh, a picture feeling... of some Muslims kind yeah. of uh, making dua for Trump uh, is uh
0: oh this is the, the, the Muslims for Trump is just a token five <laughs> ten people you know this is very very few people um so uh to be honest I mean again as we are aware there are subcultures within every Muslim community within the American Muslim community there are subcultures you have you know those that are you know completely given up hope of any good in any election which is understandable completely and they're just not doing anything you have those that are you know grudgingly for biden because he's a better candidate than trump you have those that are gung-ho over biden just literally salivating you know over biden these are the three main camps i would say you know as for the Muslims for Trump, obviously there are a few handful and some of these are, but it's not a movement per se. It's a very small slither. So the three main camps are basically you know, complete indecision, a despair, a sarcasm, basically towards status quo, which I can fully sympathize with. And then those that are simply saying, you know, they're both bad, but at least Biden will bring a sense of normalcy, bring about healthcare. And again, my my position has has always been to not necessarily endorse, but to look at it from a theological or an aqdi or fiqhi perspective. What are the parameters of permissibility? What, Where can we differ? Where can the, you know, wh- what is the spectrum of acceptable difference of opinion from a fiqhi standpoint? That's what I'm more interested in always. It's not a matter of my personal opinion. It's a matter of where do the masalih and mafasid become haram, become sinful? That's my question that I'm always asking. From my perspective, you know, all three of these paradigms are not sinful. Sinful per se. Even though I strongly question the wisdom of those that are on the pro Biden camp, I think that's kind of really, but as long as they're recognizing, as long as they're recognizing that they're choosing this candidate because he is the better one compared to the other, because it's a matter of healthcare, it's Mm -hmm. a matter of like this particular candidate, our guy, has created a hysteria. uh, I mean, sorry, not hysteria, has created, well, he has created hysteria for the far right, has created a pandemic, you know, exacerbated the pandemic situation. Over a quarter of a million people have lost their lives because of his incompetence, because he has flouted every norm imaginable. That is a factor. My pet peeve when it comes to our Muslim brethren is that for many factors, for many of these candidates, they simply cannot see beyond uh, Palestine or beyond certain issues. And I, of course, it is a factor, but how about our healthcare? Is that not also a factor? How about the, the fact that this particular person right now has quite literally, created this sense of of arrogance towards the virus and has directly caused directly from his recklessness his attitude his lack of supporting you know virus research so many things if we had a more sensible candidate if allah had willed this we would have had you know far less deaths in the community now my point to my muslim brothers and sisters is that let's make a long list of the factors that are that are important to us and definitely let's include palestine definitely let's include you know lgbt and morality issues but but let's also include on that list me and my children and how we're living in this country, right? The the the, the crime issues, uh, the criminalization, where my tax dollars are spent. Isn't this of concern to me when 20% of my income goes to this country and goes to the taxes of this country shouldn't I also be concerned about the uh, the the way that the I mean of course we're going to a different tangent here but the entire mess of the penal system here of the in, of the uh prison system right the the for profit mm-hmm. prison system this is a huge issue why should I not be concerned when my tax dollars are being discriminately used against one ethnicity i mean the african americans and others are getting a free pass over here so it does irritate me that for many of our especially practicing brethren, there's only two or three issues that are on the table, and everything else is ignored. And my mm. humble you know, pushback is, look, let's keep those issues on the table. I'm not saying ignore them, but let's also add other things to the list. Me personally, I consider myself to be between camp one and two, right? So I, I, I understand the, the, the cynicism, but at the same time, the cynicism is not going to get us anywhere, right? I mean... I sympathize with that cynicism, but simply discarding everybody out there, you're correct in all of your criticisms, but what have you accomplished? Okay, I agree with the cynicism, but where does that get you? How does that benefit me and my children or you and your children living mm. in this land? So Allah musta'an, we don't have uh, you know, good options on the table. And it really is a matter of just choosing the best of all the evil out there and those that genuinely, sincerely choose to not participate in the system, I understand, and I don't, I don't fault them at all. I understand that as well. But my only caveat: you yourselves, when you stay away from the system, don't fault those who want to be a part of it by choosing the lesser of the two evils. That's my mm. my, my message to that group. There,
2: Zaklachai, you for your message and for inadvertently revealing which tax bracket you fall into, uh, <laughs> Professor Tariq Ramadan. Uh, you're a global kind of person, Mashallah. What do you think, uh, in your in just a few words, um, which candidate as president would serve the maslaha of the greater uh, world, do you think?
1: I can't uh, uh, respond in two minutes about this because my position is quite, it's quite complex about our involvement in mm-hmm. politics in the West today. I have a problem. You know, I understand exactly. You know what uh, Yasser just said. I understand these positions, and and these positions are there. I I, I should tell you, I ha- I would have a problem to support Biden uh, with all what I know about him and what he did and and the way he was dealing. Now, what was said by Yasser is is so important. You need to deal with domestic issues. You need to deal with racism in the United States of America with the prison system, with, with discrimination health uh, system and all this, that's that's very true. But I would tell you that my position more and more in the West is to tell the citizens, not only the Muslims is just be careful with you know presidential elections. When the people are making you think, Uh, I push you to think that this is where the the big uh, political decisions are taken. It might be that if you want to take over power, this could be the perception and the perspective. But I would say you have to be much more involved socially and politically at the local level, in the domestic issues, at your level. And this is where you have to be a citizen because uh, this, this is much more a comedy, a, a, a kind of a, you know, a, a, a drama and, and you think that you are uh, promoting uh, uh, or, or trying or, or helping to decide who is going to be the president. Now, I would say that the true decision and the true impact that you can have, it's at the local level. Oh, so God, yeah. put it the, the other way around, try to be involved at the local level and sometimes silence at the national level could be wiser. Uh, so once again I understand those who want who want to to vote, but I completely understand that people say that's not going to change anything. let us focus at the local level, do our best in the political system and being very much involved in all the domestic issues that are so essential. It could be Black Lives Matter. It could be the 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 the, the, the prison system. It could be the he- healthcare at the local level. So I'm not very much, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, I'm not so happy with the national elections.
0: By the way, I have to say there before this, because so, doctor, I completely agree with you. On a personal level, um, I will not be getting involved with in my own voice in this because I agree with you. But my main question is the parameters within the community. I always think for yeah. others, not necessarily for me. Yeah, You're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's a show. In the end of the day, it's not going to change that much. But still, some people should get involved, even if it's not me or you.
2: I agree. One brother coined the term "lesser of two idiots." <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, you know maybe that's where we we we've come in the the presidential uh, race. Uh, it certainly seems that way when you look at some of these debates going on uh but yeah uh, I know I've taken a lot of your time and taken liberties with your time but I'm really uh, appreciative of that uh we had uh, uh, Professor Tariq Ramadan give some advice and messaging for uh the European Muslim Sheikh Yasser Qadi give some advice and messaging for USA Muslims as well and we have uh, myself now giving advice to the Muslims all over the world uh if you like this podcast podcast give it a like and a share uh, please if you like to Uh, take our relationship to the next level then click the uh, subscribe button and then the bell notification as well you'll be at the front of the queue whenever you whenever we post anything new Uh, get involved please with the uh, the the conversation or the debate in the comments below Uh, we'll try and pester our esteemed guests to uh, maybe uh, come on again and take uh, take uh, consideration of some of your uh, comments and questions in the future, insha'Allah. Um, finally, we make du'a for everyone, all the Muslims all around the girl- world, and the non-Muslims as well. And particularly the brothers and sisters in France that are uh, facing this uh, this uh, brutal crack- crackdown. May Allah subhanahu wa taala make them uh, come out on the other side as shining diamonds, insha'Allah. And also make uh, uh, make uh, the affair in uh, around your locality, Sheikh Yasser, uh, the best outcome for uh, all the believers uh, as well. Uh, I mean. And Zakmal Khairan, that's it for today. I hope you'll join me in thanking our guests, Sheikh Asal Qadhi, all the way from Dallas, Texas, and uh, Professor Tarik Ramadan, all the way from Paris, France. Uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.